Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, episode on the Baseball Card Hall of Fame with Ray from Philly and Mike Steveline and Victor Roman Sr. have been spearheading for a few years now. Voting is in session, and I did a full episode on YouTube uh, on their channel, their uh, show walking through all the 40 cards on the ballot this year. I think I'd done something similar a year ago, so I really appreciate what these guys are doing. I've edited some of the things I said. I encourage you to go to their YouTube channel. Information on how to vote is right there, too. Just look up Baseball Card Hall of Fame. But I encourage you to vote. You need to do it sooner because the voting is only open for another few more weeks. So thanks, Ray and Mike and Victor. Thanks also sponsors uh, for those who are listening to this, uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, and Topps, Panini, and Upper Deck. So again, this is about the Baseball Card Hall of Fame. They put the ballot in chronological order. So I started out at the beginning, which was in the 1800s, and worked my way through some of the cards I have in my collection. Some of them I don't. All of them I would love to have. So, again, hats off to uh, Ray and Mike and Victor, and I hope you enjoy this walkthrough cards that are being considered and that you can vote for. Again, don't be influenced too much by my vote or even my comments. This needs to be people taking a fresh look at these 40 cards and seeing what's already in the Hall of Fame. And then as I did, I had suggestions for uh, who I was voting for this year, as well as who I would recommend maybe being on the ballot next year. So again, thanks guys. Thanks everybody. And here is the Baseball Card Hall of Fame episode. I voted for this King Kelly card. It's beautiful. I think it won't be selected by most people, but as a great example of a 19th century, I I voted for it. I've never had this card. I I don't think I ever turned down the chance to get it. Walter Johnson, I actually have this card. And you haven't had any Ramleys. And this is an example of, of the breadth of T cards were not just T206 and T205 and T207. Those are some of the main sets. But the Ramleys and some of these others, uh, beautiful lithography. And so I think this is a cool card. I voted for Walter Johnson. Again, even just the person. I know this is not a player Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but the guy was absolutely great. This, this one always reminded me of a picture frame that my grandmother had on her dresser. Just the uh, 1909 Ramley design. Yeah, it looks like Style an old the picture frame. Style of the times. Yeah. Uh, number three was uh, the Christy Mathewson. I have it. But you don't have any other T205s. And I think T205s are just as legit as T206s uh-huh. because of the Wagner and all that. Uh, gets the notoriety. But I, I think the gold borders, they've always tracked with each other. But frankly, the T205's gold border, I think, should be worth more just based on the cost of goods sold or something. They're mm-hmm. classy cards and really hard to find in great condition. Christy Mathewson, one of the absolute first-rank Hall of Famers. And you're I, right. Yeah, the, the condition on those cards alone. Are- and when they are nice like that, they're just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even little tiny nicks with the gold uh, there as well. Okay, the plank... I have to vote for the plank. Now, I've never had a plank. I've actually had an incident with a plank. It was Wagner, Plank, and Lajouet when Mm -hmm. I first got in the hobby, which were the big three. And probably Plank would have been number two, and Lajouet would have been number three as as the completest 1933-34 Gaudi. When people got together in the hospitality rooms in the 70s, they could talk about who had the Wagners. 
and they knew where every Wagner was. They could just go around the room and say, he's got one, he's got one. Not necessarily everybody in the room, but they just knew where they were. Plank, almost the same. There wasn't a perception that Plank was way easier than Wagner. And Plank was a great pitcher in his own right. More than 300 wins. But Wagner, when he played, was arguably the best player for some period of time when he played. He predates Cobb and Ruth and those guys. So Wagner was really amazing. So Plank was number two, maybe not based on scarcity. Maybe there's a hundred Planks out there. Mm-hmm. So very legit. Chris, Chris Speaker, uh, <laughs> he's a Texan, but it's another T206. It's not iconic enough. He was a, a, a great player. I don't know if he gets enough respect, but he, he was a great player, but he just doesn't make the grade this year. I don't mind keeping him on the ballot, but I didn't vote for him because I'm already voting for Plank and Wagner's in there. So Tito Six is already covered. When you thought about Tito Sixes, you didn't think, hey, there's Wagner and there's Plank and there's Speaker. No, right. they're saying that. I've never had this card, the Cracker Jack Cobb. I promise you'd be on my wall if I had it. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's a gorgeous card, but but I I'm, I would make that wait. You already have Cobb represented. You already have Cracker Jack represented. It's obviously a tough card, but I would wait. Next is DeLong Gehrig. I never had the Gehrig. I've had almost the rest of the set, but I, I think DeLong is maybe not mainstream enough, guys. It was a, a tougher set from back in the 30s there, but it's a kind of a one-shot and it's cool art design and everything, but I, I just think that could wait. Of the, But right. I'm, I'm proposing a card that I actually do have that I really cherish, and that's the 1925 exhibit, rookie card of Lou Gehrig. Even if you're not into the pre-war, you got to know that's a great card. Now, the dilemma for you, Ray, is are you okay with oversized cards like an exhibit? Yes, I'm okay with that. And the exhibit cards are beautiful cards. His rookie card is in that set. So, yeah, I would have no problem with it. Because in the 70s and the 80s, when I got my copy, it was not mentioned as a rookie card. And rookie Mm -hmm. cards were not really considered to be exhibit or oversized cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'd look at the the, the 33 Gaudi or the Mm -hmm. 33 DeLong. So I got my 25 exhibit back when it was not super expensive. But I, I would put that on the ballot for next year, and I'd vote okay. that over this, even though this is a this is a fabulous card. I'm uh, actually trying to determine rookie cards for pre-war. It's pretty difficult. Well, it's before there were rules established with it, and we established right. rules after the fact. But it's a, all of them are very tough, especially in the 1920s. There's not a lot of mainstream activity with cards in the, the 20s. Whole decade, the whole decade, the whole decade of the 20s. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next is Dizzy Dean, and you've already got several of the 33 Gaudis in there. Mm-hmm. If somebody brought you a, an album or a box of 33 Gaudis, you'd be looking for the Ruths, and you'd be looking for the Gehrigs. Mm-hmm. You might mm-hmm. be looking for Lajue, but that's usually not in there. But you'd be re- looking for Ruths and Gehrigs. <laughs> a big drop-off to Dizzy Dean and Hornsby and Fox and those guys who are really legit. That's a really cool card. I have that card. I think it could eventually get in, guys. It just was not on my ballot this year. Gotcha. For Gowdy, this is an underrepresented set because it's interesting with the Lou Gehrig says on the bottom. My dad had some of these. I didn't vote for him. He was a very popular player. But again, when you pick up a 34 Gowdy set, you don't immediately look for the Greenberg to see what kind of condition it's in. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the two different Gehrigs. Mm-hmm. And so then the next one that you're asking about, so I didn't vote for Greenberg. I also didn't vote for Lou Gehrig on his own iconic Lou Gehrig says card yeah. <laughs> of, which, of which there are two in that set. I also didn't vote for that, even though eventually 
I think mm-hmm. that would get it's a great. This is Lou Gehrig before he gets the famous disease named after him. That's just a fabulous card. I think that eventually would go in ahead of the Greenberg, but the Greenberg is a great card too. Mm-hmm. I bought a set of 34 Gaudis 50 years ago for 300 bucks. <laughs> and, but I think I sold it for 600. <laughs> so, yeah. so who's the bigger idiot? Me <laughs> sold it to me. Okay. 39 play ball. I'm going to surprise you guys. I'm also not voting for this. This is a great <laughs> card. Oh. I have it. I would propose the head of DiMaggio. Okay. The 38. And the high number one with the cartoons in the background. I, I would vote for that. It's, it predates this card. If there was such a thing as a premium set back in the 30s, then you would think 33s, 34s, they were mainstream. And you had the four and ones and the black and whites. But the heads up, mm-hmm. if you found them in a collect, you were excited, even back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dr. Beckett, about the heads up Bob Feller? Do you think mm-hmm. that's worthy of being put on the ballot? The problem you're having is to spread it around. People would really look to the DiMaggio. The DiMaggio is worth so much more. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the higher number Feller is very worthy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's... Um, would that be his rookie card? I think that's his rookie card. Yeah. And so that, again, if you've already got too much representation for DiMaggio, mm-hmm. but still, given the two, they're both great cards. Both right. Great. But I would, there's a clean look on the first 24, and then they repeat the same players, mm-hmm. little doodles in the back. And I think the doodles make it interesting. Okay. And is it fair to say that play ball was considered a mainstream set for 1939? Absolutely. My dad had this card, I'm sure. My dad had a bunch of 39s and 40s, and they were the kind of precursor of Bowman. Mm-hmm. You know, so Bowman, the same people that did Bowman, did the play ball, the gum ink, the other names for the, the, the Bowman-type entities. So it wasn't Gowdy, it was the other company. Mm-hmm. 39 play ball, they've just never gotten respect because there's just not enough artistic detail on the front. It's more of a right. card with a border. The backs are gray, and whereas the, the 40 play balls pop a lot more oh, yeah. as well as the 41s that little splash of pastel anyway so i didn't vote for this but peewee reese again i'm, I'm not <laughs> voting for peewee reese either i have this card i do think a 41 play ball needs to be in there you've already got the horizontal 53 bowman color which mm-hmm. if people said hey i've got a peewee reese card it's my favorite card most people would say oh you mean the 53 bowman color yes i think this peewee reese is probably a number two Okay. It'd be the second one or a 52 tops of Pee Wee Reese. Those are also iconic, great cards. So this is a worthy card, but I, I'd make it wait. Like I said, I, I, I feel like um, already having Reese in there once and uh, the 41 Joe DiMaggio, or if there was a way to have the DiMaggio brothers with a three Pete or something, I think that's mm-hmm. illegal, but I think that is so cool that the three brothers are all in the set. Okay. Ready for Yogi Bear. I hate to say now he was underrated because he had, I think three MVPs in the fifties. So he wasn't underrated at the time. Yeah. He just hung around and had these witticisms and things like that. So people forget he was a great ball player. What do you think on the background on this one, Jim? Is that corn stalks or are we looking at trees? Field of dreams. Field of dreams. (laughs) I think it's, it's trees. I think, I mean, he actually is not very tall. Again, it's not a great looking card. It's important. You already have Musial in for 48 Bowman. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. So if, if that's already in there, then uh, the yeah. Bowman is a landmark set. It, it broke out at the modern day more so than Leaf. And the 48 mm-hmm. Bowman, it really got cards back after World War II into the mainstream. But it, it's just not an exciting design. Mm-hmm. 
And same thing goes for 49 Bowman. So then the next one is 1950 Bowman. And by the way, if you were going to pick a 49, you could do Satchel Page, or maybe I might suggest Roy Campanella. He's got a great story. It's a great card. It's you know, a rookie. Larry Bilby's a high number in there. Rich Ashburn's a high number in there. But so eventually you've got to have a 49 Bowman. Right. The high numbers of 49 Bowman are totally underrated. The whole set is harder to get. Okay, Jackie, again, this is not when people say I've got this fabulous Jackie Robinson card. They're they're probably not thinking about the 50 Bowman card. They're probably thinking about the 48 slash 49 leaf. Yeah, forty nine. I'm with you, Victor, on the the rookie card aspect of it. If it's not a rookie card and it's going to go in the Baseball Card Hall of Fame, it really needs to be special in its own. And the Jackie Robinson special player, you already have the leaf in there, and that has gotten so much more notoriety in the last right. three years. That really, in the old days, did not get a lot of respect. The Babe Ruth of the leaf did not get a lot of respect. The Joe DiMaggio did not get a lot of respect because they were in the easier series. It was all about Page and Feller and Slaughter and all these other guys who were 10 times tougher. So Jackie Robinson, 48, 49 Leaf, was considered to be just not that tough. Mm-hmm. Now it is because there's uh, ultra demand on it. Yeah, the artistic okay. element of this 50 Bowman is beautiful. Dude. I agree. Yeah, yeah. If you put the whole set out there, it's very well done. It's very yeah. well done. In fact, it puts 48 and 49 Bowman to shame. It's a big step up. And of course, you're thinking Tops is out there getting ready to more seriously compete with Bowman. They really upped their game in 1950. Mm-hmm. Down down. But, yeah. Yeah. The Bob Feller is pretty close to this same kind yes. of shot. Yes. It's beautiful also. Let's see. 